0: back to Read and Succeed. I'm your host Dave Campbell here on your community radio station on 6.5 FM WFNPLP Louisville National Poetry Month and episode two in a three episode series on Asian American literature reviewing Korean American Don Me Choi's 2020 poem journal DMZ Colony. Stay tuned.
1: I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! Greetings to all Democracy Now! listeners on Pacifica Affiliate Forward Radio 106.5 FM WFMP-LP in Louisville, Kentucky. This grassroots community radio station relies on volunteer power and your financial support to continue broadcasting the progressive national and homegrown local programming you've come to expect from Forward Radio. At a time when our public airwaves are being gobbled up by corporate interests, here's an open mic dedicated to local voices, civic engagement, and community empowerment. Please go to forwardradio.org and pledge your generous support today. Thank you so much.
0: Welcome to episode 19 of Read and Succeed, celebrating National Poetry Month in the United States in April. Reading and reviewing Korean-American poet and translator Miss Donmi Choi's 2020 winner of the National Book Award for Poetry, DMZ Colony. And considering this, our second episode in the three-episode series focused specifically on Asian American literature. Please see episode 18 of Read and Succeed for our review of Chinese American author and TV writer, Mr. Charles Yu's Brilliant and at times absolutely hilarious winner of the two thousand twenty National Book Award for Fiction, the iconoclastic screenplay novel Interior Chinatown. And stay tuned for episode twenty of Read and Succeed Next Month reviewing the two thousand twenty National Book Award winner for translated literature, The Haunting Wayne Station by Korean Japanese Zenichi novelist Yu Miri, it was translated into English by American author Morgan Giles. As anyone who consumes American media, be it radio, digital, or print, is becoming rapidly aware, the socioeconomic strains in the United States felt during and now slowly after the COVID-19 pandemic of 2019 to the present have exposed a rise in discrimination and outright violence against the Asian American community. Actually, discrimination in the United States against Asian Americans has been extant since at least the 19th century and, as explored in Episode 18 of Read and Succeed, the Asian American community has perennially found itself politically, culturally, and racially outside the historical civil rights conflicts and conversations between black and white Americans. It remains a community that still finds itself the most stereotypically segregated demographic in the United States, seen both in the persistence of unchanging Chinatowns in most major American cities, entired occupational expectations of expertise in Asian cuisine and martial arts and American popular culture, and it remains the only of community in post-Civil War American history to be legally interned. Some may reasonably argue outright enslaved. Read and succeed in this three-episode series stand in solidarity with the Asian American community during these difficult times, as do our hosts at Forward Radio. Speaking of Forward Radio, on April 10th, 2021, Forward Radio will turn a very mature four years old, having completed its transition from a community project to a fully formed and licensed nonprofit organization. To celebrate this occasion, Forward Radio will be holding a birthday pledge drive from March 27th to April 9th and a Zoom birthday talent show on April 10th. Please consider donating to Community Radio during this pledge drive and making Community Radio part of your financial plan. For more information, visit ForwardRadio.org. Also, visit Read and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube. This is Read and Succeed. I'm Dave Campbell. The most interesting aspect of Korean-American Don Me Choi's 2020 National Book Award winner for poetry, DMZ Colony, is that there is very little poetry in it at all. And when poetry is in the text, it is not Miss Choi's. In reality, it is a fast, intense volume of mixed-media journalism, photography, graphic design, oral history, and written interviews, the subject of which are life and letters within a few of the very rare quote-unquote freedom villages actually residing on the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea, villages that somehow escaped the clearances of the 1950 to 1953 Korean War but have resided in isolated, almost time-capsule status ever since. These freedom villages, Ms. Choi's DMZ colonies, represent anything but freedom, rarely being allowed to leave or communicate with the outside world, be it North or South Korea, all the while being used as a political pawn by both and receiving security guarantees from neither. Choi's poetry, per se, is simply the reconstruction of the recorded narratives of the residents of these DMZ colonies from prose to verse form, harrowing accounts of interrogation at the hands of North Korean agents, utterly unspeakable atrocities by the South Korean army during the February 1951 Yeocheng Massacre, Internal dialogues as to whether A, an individual can choose their political ideology, and B, if they cannot, then can they ever truly get rid of it. Note, the repeated tortures endured by citizens of the DMZ colonies make one truly wonder otherwise. And lastly, very abstract Asian reflections on human society by people surrounded by utterly opposed societies that ultimately were once the same society, and a society that the DMZ colonies' residents themselves cannot join. Miss Choi, a translator first and poet second, openly identifies her text as an artistic extension of the work of South Korean feminist and poet Kim Hye-soon whose controversial 2016 poetry collection, The Autobiography of Death, translated by Ms. Choi in 2018, and written in the wake of the 2014 Sewol Ferry disaster that killed 250 Korean schoolchildren, tapped into the Korean Peninsula's ancient, earthy, often grotesque, shamanistic language to put the reality of the modern world's penchant for an industrial-grade production of pain, death, and dying squarely in the front of the Asian mind. A method that Miss Choi simply applies to the tucked away social fallout of the Korean War in Korean society, but using the at times shocking words of real, often now elderly people, and their real experiences versus Miss Hai Soon's imaginary mourning period. Equally important to this artistic equation is Mr. Jeffrey Yang, Chinese-American editor at New Directions Publishing, publisher of both Ms. Hai Soon and Ms. Choi, all three interviewed in this episode, courtesy of the Asian American Writers Workshop in New York City in early 2019, and recognizer of not only the brilliance of Hai Soon and Choi's contributions to Asian and American literature, but also the contributions of the Asian mind to thinking about and potentially solving many contemporary national and international issues. Mr. Yang's own work focuses on a very Asian theme, borders, and the intricate balance there between, specifically in his career, the U.S.-Mexico border, and like Choi analyzing life on the DMZ, or Hai Soon analyzing the boundaries between life and death, how borders can become a space of creative exploration versus isolation. Please visit the Asian American Writers Workshop at aaw.org, and enjoy this interview. This is Read and Succeed. I'm Dave Campbell. <laughs> Poet and translator, Donmi Choi. Um,
2: can I say something? Yes. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I, you know, as soon as I get up here, I get so nervous, and, and I forget to say everything. Um, I just forget everything. Anyway, I just want to say that um, um, Jeffrey Yang's book is, is uh, this may sound very simplistic, but I, I really think it's a very important book, um, especially with everything that's going on. So I think we need to know the history of the U.S.-Mexico border and that's what he does. He excavates all the violent death um, along the U.S.-Mexico border. So I really um, want to encourage you to get to know his book and it's extremely um, intricately, um, formally interesting. So I just want to say that. (laughs) Thanks.
3: Um, My I thought maybe I'd start with like the most generic of questions which is um Autobiography of Death uh it, you know it it's it, I'm curious how it started or how to talk about it um because it you know had some inspiration from the ferry disaster um but I was wondering if Kim hye could talk about how this process started how how did you think about um the idea of having be about this spirit and uh these different days passing and then how did you get involved on me uh, in terms of the translation process? And then Jeffrey, you know, how did it end up in New Directions and what was it like working with the two of them and you know arriving to where we are right now?
2: South
0: Korean poet Kim Hai soon.
1: Um, 그, uh, okay. 그, 제가 그 근무하는 학교가 서울 인스티튜트 오브 서울 예술대학이라는 곳인데, 거기가 안산에라는 도시에 있어요. 근데 그 바로 옆에 그, 그 페리 세월호 사건이 있는 그 학교가 있었어요. 그래서 1년 동안 어, 저는 어, 까만 옷만 입고 학교에 다녔어요. 어, 그런 속에서 그 어린 아이들의 그 얼굴이 붙어 있는 250명의 학생들이 얼굴이 있는 그 분양소에 가죠. 가고 또그 사고가 난 음, 바다에 가고 그러면서, 어, 어, 제가 겪은 모든 죽음에 대해서 써야겠다. 그렇게 생각하기 시작하고
2: 네, 네. Um, so Kim Eun teaches at the Seoul um, Art Institute, and um, near her um, college is uh, there's a school, high school. And um, when the Sewall ferry disaster happened in 2014, it's something in 2014. Um, so it was a private um, uh, company that was running this ferry. And the ferry was taking the school children um, from Seoul to um, Jeju Island, the southernmost uh, island in uh, South Korea. And um, the, the ferry capsized and 250 uh, children uh, drowned. Anyway, so so she went to uh, work for one year just wearing black. And of course, she's been to the the memorial site where she saw all the the photographs of the 250 children, and she also went to um, to the sea uh, where the the, um, the the boat capsized. Um, so then that's how she got the idea about writing about all the experiences that she had with death.
1: 그래서 어, 나, 어, 그 한국에서 제가 이때까지 살아있는 동안에 어, 많은 억울한 죽음이 있었어요. 그 억울한 죽음이 있을 때마다 살아있는 것이 너무 부끄러워서, 어, 저는 그 부끄러움을 I do this 하고 싶었어요. 그래서 그, 나는 그, 내 밖에서 마치 그 엄마의 태 중에서, 어, 태아가 엄마의 얼굴을 보고 싶듯이 죽음의 얼굴을 보고 싶었어요.
2: So she wanted to write about the, uh, all the unjust death that took place um, in South Korea. And, um, and all those death made her feel ashamed about being alive. So it's sort of, um, she was dealing with survivor's guilt. Um, so she decided to write poems um, based on what she calls, I do death. Um, and that, what she means by that is, um, is going out of oneself um, sort of from moving from oneself to the outside, um, as if like the baby inside the mother's womb wa- uh, would want to see the face of the its mother. Um, so that's how she described that process. That what she means by "I do death."
1: 그래서 내 안에서 밖에 있는 엄마의 그 얼굴을 보려고 하듯이 죽음의 얼굴을 보려고 하면서 그 모두, 어, so, um,
2: this movement from inside to the outside, um, she wanted to look at, um, to see the face of death, and um, and she put that in that sort of more formal structure of the 49 days in which um, the 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 uh, spirit. Uh, roams about in between, sort of in between space of death and life. So she wanted to document death in that uh, um, in each uh, forty uh, in each day of forty-nine days. And how about
3: oh, Donnie okay, okay, and, hear, and yeah. Jeffrey, like your engagement?
2: Yeah, so I actually started uh, translating Kim Hyesoon in um, 1999. Um, I came across her uh, uh, poems. Um, actually, in 1998, and then I started to translate in 1999, um, and then I met her, met Kim Asun in 2001, and we did an interview together, and which really helped me to understand her poetry. Um, so I've been translating her um, ever since. And the way, um, and the reason why I sort of delved into translation was I wanted to know how women, what women were doing, how were. How they were surviving during the dictatorships in the 70s and 80s, and what they were writing about under that uh, condition. Then Kim always sends me her uh, new books, and um, and this book was actually not published by her usual uh, publisher, which is Munji uh, Literature and Literature. I mean, uh, Literature and Intellect, which is kind of very prominent uh, press in. South Korea, and it played a very important role um, resisting against the dictatorship. But this was published by a new small press, independent. Small press um, It's called um, experimental literature. So and, they, and, and that book was the first book from this press. And, um, and I just like that how that this was one whole poem not uh, this long, that she was sort of uh, contemplating on just one single subject and, and, and what comes out of that. Um, somehow, it's really easier for me to translate something that is them- thematically. Uh, when she just focus on one thematic, it just helps me to translate rather than like one single poem to another single poem. I don't know why. It just, it's just easier for me.
3: I don't know if you want to talk about how um, like your
4: involvement as a like editor. Sure.
0: Chinese American publisher at New Directions Publishing, Mr. Jeffrey Yang.
4: Yeah. No. um, So I had read um, Don Me's translation anxiety of words, which I think Zephyr Press, uh, correct? Did Uh, she did uh, of three um, Korean poets, and and I really admired that book a lot. And then um, it just happened. Also, I mean, Action Books has been publishing a lot of. Um, Kim Hysun's, uh work here over the years and um, I had read some of those books as well and was very um, moved by the poems too but with this book I actually had first written Don uh, um just asking about one of the poets in Anxiety of Words and um, she was working, I mean she replied to that but she had been working on this new book I think and she was saying she would love to submit this to to new directions, and so we, we all looked at it at the office, and we very impressed with it all. And, and, and Action Books was very happy about that too. So um, it, it all kind of worked out like that uh, with this book. Yeah. And also, I was struck. I was really struck by the the, the um, structure too. I mean, I, I had actually edited a little anthology of morning poems um, for New Directions, and it's structured around the 49 days as well, which is very important for for my my grandparents' generation, too, and so that was also, like, immediately that kind of overarching structure of a book, too, I think what Don Mi was talking about.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, for those just joining us, this is a February 2019 interview with South Korean poet Miss Kim Hai-soon, her Korean-American translator Miss Don Choi, and Chinese-American author and editor at New Directions Publishing, Mr. Jeffrey Yang. To listen to this entire interview, please visit net.
3: Well, so I have a question that's sort of all, about for all three of you, um, which is about uh, you know, all three of you, you're engaging history in your work, and um, I guess I wonder how, what are the kind of approaches you do to do that while still trying to um, you know, there's certain like political commitments that you're trying to investigate, but you're also trying to do something that's creative, or you know, it has certain kind of formal properties of poetry. Um, or, or to phrase this question a different way, I mean, Don, me, I feel like there's another Kim Hyasun book that um, I, I think you wrote what, that you translated. And it has, um, I think, my favorite like, translator's introduction I've ever read of any book, which is like a paragraph long where um, you were talking about how yeah, you... you okay. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, talking about.
2: All the garbage of the world unite.
3: Do you, do you want to say what I was going to say? or? No, no, go ahead. Oh, well, she basically says that um, she submitted these translations, and then there was an editor, I think, who said, you know, we're really uncomfortable because the way you translated it the word holes appears way too many times. And it makes us really uncomfortable reading a text that has the word holes so many times.
2: And, and that it, the, the word hole has many negative connotations in English. So I said, OK, fine. Then don't publish it. <laughs> uh, so I, then I just kind of forgot about it till I finished, that, finished translating uh, that whole book. And then um, when I was thinking about writing an introduction, I, just, I was so exhausted that I, I just couldn't write anything long. So I thought I should just write something short. And then somehow that incident came up. I, mean, I remember that. Then I said that, uh, that South Korea was indeed a very holy place because uh, during the Korean War, um, about 250,000 pounds of napalm was dropped daily. So um, that it was it was indeed a country of many holes.
3: Yeah, and what I love about that, it's like the word whole, you know, clearly they were thinking a certain thing when they heard it. Yeah. But there was a sort of, like, um, subtext that involved, like, war and imperialism that wasn't immediately obvious. And, and similarly, like, I think you could read Autobiography of Death without knowing anything about, you know, uh, like the mass mobilizations or the Seoul Ferry disaster. But it's, it's, I, 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 that's why I think it's interesting to reinsert it in that context. But, but you know I'd love to hear the three of you talk about like, how do you write works that are engaging with like, a political moment or historical context? Are there like, things that um, you feel like are lost in translation with autobiography of death that have to do with history?
1: 어, 어떤 역사적인 그 일이 있어도, 어, 저의 그 감각에 포착되지 않으면 시가 잘안 돼요. 그래서 저는 저의 그 몸으로 겪은, 음, 것을 시로 쓰게 되죠. 저의 감각으로. 그래서, 어, 아까 홀에 관해서도 얘기했는데, 그 홀이 사실, 어, 금미 씨가 얘기한 그, 어, 역사의 구멍이기도 하지만 여성의 몸에 있는 여러 구멍이기도 해요. 그, 어, 우리나라 언어가 되게, 어, 그, 루이튼, 음, 랭귀지는 다 남성이고, 음, 여성은 오랄 랭귀지로 썼기 때문에 그 구멍이 내는 소리들이 시가 되기 때문에 그 구멍들에 대해서 제가 쓰게 되었죠. 그리고, 어, 아무리, 어 그, 뉴욕의 빌딩이 커도, 어, 뉴욕의 밑에 흐르는 그 하수구가 있잖아요. 그래서 우리는 그, 사실 우리가 싼 것들, 뱉은 것들이 그 하수구에 다 같이 들어있어요. 다, 밑에는 다, 구멍 아래 다 연결되어 있죠. 굉장히 그런 그 생각으로 쓴 수예요. 그게 그래서 역사적인 것도 Mm-hmm. So, yeah. She says
2: unless, um, even though there's like uh, kind of a um, major historical event, unless she experiences that event um, through her body, she cannot write about it. So she she says um, she said that of course the the holes that we are talking about they are also I mean they're holes of history, but. The, another kind of important um, holes that she's referring to is the the holes of women holes in women 's body because the written language of Korean belongs to men and then the oral tradition oral literary tradition belongs to women and so all the sounds of the sounds that holes make uh, in women 's body that's what for her that's what makes up the um, the hope the poetic language, and um, for instance, even though this the New York City is enormous, um, underneath it there are all the sewers and uh, all our things that we excrete are all connected uh, un- uh, beneath um, the the hole, the you know through the hole. So that was an example. That.
3: Not all, not a lot of Kim Hyun's previous books um, have. Uh, Images and here, you know, there's juxtaposition. of These great uh, illustrations by uh, Fiji Lee, um, and I was wondering if that was part of the compositional process, and uh, what what your thoughts were about that. And we'll open up to the audience in a second, so please get your questions circulating.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, 제가 그 한국에서 발간한 죽음의 자서전에는 그 죽음의 자서전 한 편만 들어있어요. 그리고 그 뒤에, 어, 리듬의 얼굴은 들어가 있지 않아서 다음 시집에 들어갈 예정이거든요. 그런데 그뉴그두개다 넣고도 너무 얇은 것 같아서, 어, 휘제 그림에게, 휘재에게 너의 그 드로잉 중에서, 어, 여러 개좀 보여달라고 그래서 제가 이거, 이거 선택했어요. 돈도 안 주고. 그, 어 그,
2: 선생님 맨 처음에는 무당 그 사진을 집어넣으려고 그랬잖아요.
1: 아, 네그 원래는 그 진혼 진혼이라는 그 뭐라고 그랬죠? 그걸 램램아그그 진혼굿 하는 그그 그 사진을 넣으려고 했는데 그 사진가가 죽어서요 갑자기 그래서 그 작업실을 제가 쓰고 있어요 휘재가. 그 김수남이라고 한국에서 제일 유명한 굿 사진가. 그래서 그, 그 뭐라, 저작권 mm-hmm. 그거 받기 힘들어서 한 거야. 같은 작업실 쓰니까
2: yeah. so um, in, um, in the Korean uh, version of um, autobiography of death there 's only forty nine poems, but in the um, in the English version, we actually added a face of rhythm because um, because otherwise the book will be too um, slim, and then um, so then we also talked about adding some photographs. This very famous uh, photogra- Korean photographer Kim Sunam, and he took many photographs of Korean shaman um, ritual when um, y- uh, you know with a drink like a funeral ritual, um, but then. Um, we couldn't get the copyright because he, when he died, he, um, his estate said that not, um, his photos could not be used if it involves selling. Um, anyway, but Fi um, is actually using that photographer's studio, old studio. She rents that studio from him, I mean from his family. So then we decided to use Fi's... Drawings for free, and we didn't
0: pay or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for those just joining us, this is a February 2019 interview with South Korean poet Miss Kim Hae Soon, her Korean American translator Miss Don Choi, and Chinese American author and editor at New Directions Publishing, Mr. Jeffrey Yang. To listen to this entire interview, please visit net. So, uh,
3: I, I want to um, also thank all of the volunteers who are here tonight um, and also thank uh, Tiffany and Sophia who are involved in this event. The reason I was thinking about this is um, Sophia, who's our programmer, um, who arranged for this event, um, she saw the two of you in uh, San Francisco at the Center for Translation, and she was saying that um, the two of you were talking a little bit about how um, that Kim Soon is seen as kind of like alternative within kind of contemporary literature uh, in Korea right now, and there some more conservative writers who um, are not a big fan of her work and th- there was some kind of interesting tension there i was wondering if you could talk about like w- how um your work stands within kind of the context in korean literature now
1: Oh, 그, 한국에서는, 음, 어, 어 예를 들어 볼게요. 제가 어떤 시인인지 제가 그, 어, 2017년에 어떤 5.18 문학상이란 걸 받게 됐는데, 어, 그때, 어, 그 받게 된 시집의 텍스트가 그, I am okay, I am pig 어, 제가 어, 모더니스트라는 이유, 내가 제가 모더니스트인지 전잘 모르겠지만 아무튼 그런 이유. 두 번째는 어, 피그가 어, 한국의 피플을 모독했다는 것. 세 번째는 제가 그 친일파 시인이라는 미당 서정주의 문학상을 받았다는 세 가지 이유 때문에 그 상을 주지 말아야 된다고 그. 어, 나이 드신 광주에 사는 많은, 그, 많다고는 할수 없지만, 아무튼 일부의 시인들이 너무나, 어, 야단천서 저는 그 상을 거절했어요. 어, 그, 1년 동안 욕먹었죠. 그, SNS나 뭐 여러 가지 일을 통해서. 그래서, 어, 제가 어떤 위치인지, 저는 위치가 없어요. 집도 없고, 정처가 없죠. 그냥.
2: She doesn't know uh, where she belongs. She has no home. Um, she has no position. She just writes poetry. That's what she said at the end. So now I'm going to go back to what she said in the beginning. Um, so, in for example, in 2017, she was um, awarded um, a literary prize that's connected to. May um, 18, Gwangju Uprising. Um, so um, so then the older, sort of more conservative poets in Gwangju, in the city of Gwangju, accused her of being um, uh, pro-Japanese because she had received a Midang um, Literary uh, Prize um, uh, several years ago. And um, the poet, that prize is associate is named after a poet, Seo Jung Ju, and, um, and he uh, was, sort of became, you know, later he, he was known to be pro-Japanese so she was attacked uh, as a pro-Japanese uh, poet. Um, and then she was attacked for depicting uh, humans as pigs. <laughs> Uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That she, repre- uh, that she depicted um, uh, the masses, the c- civilians, as pigs. Um, and, and she was also attacked as a modernist poet. Um, she doesn't know if she is really a modernist poet. Uh, she doesn't know what kind of poet she is, but she was ex- ex- excuse, accused as a modernist poet. Which, which means in South Korean uh, context, that means she's not dealing with any kind of historical subject matter. Because there's uh, kind of a two main trends. Uh, engaged poetry, that means you know, they're dealing with more uh, historical subjects more directly. And then um, another sort of school of poetry that's more for poetry for poetry's sake.
3: Um, I, I think we can. We have a microphone going around. Uh, if people have questions um, in the audience,
5: um, in the back over there. Um, hi, 질문인데요. I'm gonna translate after. <laughs> My name is Gianna, um, and I'm a writing student. Um, 제가 질문하고 싶었던 거는요, 그, 저도 시인으로서, 어, 한국에 대한, 어, 정치적인 얘기라든가 좀, 제가 감정적으로 겪었던 힘든 것들에 대해서 얘기를 많이 하는데, 그 과정에서, 과정이 감정적으로 되게 힘들 때가 많아요. 제가 계속 그 안에 그, 이모셔널 상태에 있어야 되니까. 그래서 제가 들고 싶었던 질문은, 어, 이 책을 쓰시면서 오랫동안 어, 오랫동안 책을 쓰시면서 그 힘든 감정, 그 슬픔이라든지 분노라든지 그런 감정이 좀 지나치게 느껴졌을 때가 있으셨는지 그랬으면은 어, 그런 거를 좀 어, 어떻게 그런 상황에서는 어떻게 계속 시를 쓰실 수 있었는지 아니면은 so my question was um as a writer um I find it really difficult to talk about uh something that's emotionally difficult and painful um especially in a prolonged state of grief um, when writing about something requires you to be in that prolonged state and I was wondering if you uh, have a ritual or a way of yours to deal with uh, or channel that kind of emotional difficulty when writing it and to keep writing about it without feeling too overwhelmed or um, yeah.
1: 어, 시는 어, 제 감정으로부터 어, 도망 중인 것이 시라고 생각해요 그 도망의 기록이죠 말하자면 예, 도망 중 도망의 기록이에요 어, 감정은 저기 있고 저는 그것으로부터 막 나가려고 하는 그런 기록이고요 도망의 기록이고 두 번째는 어, 시는 음, 제 시는 음, 제 바깥에 있고자 하는 기록이에요 제 바깥 시라는 것이 어, 바깥 저의 안에서 나가고자 하는 어떤 노력의 기록이에요 그래서 오토바이오그래피 오브 데스도 나와 죽음 사이에 있는 기록이죠 내가 아직 죽 죽음을 경험해 보지 않았으니까 아직 죽지 않았으니까 나와 죽음 사이에서 죽음하는 거죠 49일간의 영혼이 죽음의 세계를 떠돈다고 하듯이 그런 기록이죠 감정 그 자체를 쓰는 건 아니에요
2: um, she said that she's not really writing with um, her feelings directly. Um, it's a she feels that her poetry is about documents the escaping um, of um, escaping the feeling, and um, that in between space of herself and death, uh, of the um, and that she, that what she calls doing death, and um, is that that movement that process of going outside of myself and um, so when she was writing this book um, that's what she was doing for 49 days that that process of doing death uh, exploring that space in between of herself and death
0: Ladies and gentlemen, for those just joining us, this is a February two thousand and nineteen interview with South Korean poet Miss Kim Hai soon, her Korean American translator, Ms. Don Choi, and Chinese American author and editor at New Directions Publishing, Mr. Jeffrey Yang. To listen to this entire interview, please visit readandsucceed.net. Um,
5: I wanted to ask a little more about the translation
2: process, even though I don't understand any Korean. I heard a lot of very rhythmical you know lines full of you know repeated patterns, and you know it's it's clear that that's a very important principle in in how you make your work and I'm wondering you know what the what the experience of translating those rhythms and those repetitions are like you know for you Don me, and whether you work together on you know figuring out what are the the sounds in English that will suit best you know as representations of the Korean sounds. Good question. She says I 네, to answer that. 제가
1: 먼저 말하면, okay. 어그 제가 굉장히 그 두통이 심할 때가 있었는데, 그래서 서바티카를 받았어요. 그런데 어, 그 기간 동안에 어제 두통이 굉장히 리드미컬하게 이렇게 치다가 또 없어졌다가 번개가 치듯이 그렇게 해서 저는 그 저한테 그 고통의 리듬을 주는 그런 사람의 얼굴을 보고 싶었어요. 그랬는데 너무 아파서 쓸수 없어서 하루에 다섯 줄, 여섯 줄쓴게 리듬의 얼굴이거든요. 그래서 이번 시즌은 굉장히 리듬이 있고 어, 수잔의 말대로 패턴이 있어요. 그것을 돈미가 너무 잘 살려줘서 저는 감사할, 굉장히 감사해요.
2: So she said that um, um, she, had, she was suffering from severe migraines. Um, and so the pain would come in kind of a rhythmic uh, pattern. It would come in flashes, and then um, there would be some gaps. So um, so she wanted to see the face of this person who was giving her this pain. So that's how it became face of rhythm. Um, and so during that time, she had to take a sabbatical, and she wrote, like, Maybe five lines at a time, and that became that long poem. Face of rhythm. Um, anyway, I, um, you know, I, my translation process feels very um, haphazard. Um, even though um, I am quite disciplined about sitting down and translating, I don't really know how it happens. I just. Um, I usually have dreams about Kim Il-sun's poems. Um, so in autobi- when I was reading Autobiography of Death in Korean, and I was starting to translate, I had this really um, scary dream. And um, I saw myself inside kind of a very deep sort of um, bathtub, a Korean-style tub that you kind of go inside and, and, and soak uh, yourself. And I, it wasn't. I had no skin. It was all my organs inside. Um, so it was like pink, and uh, but I was standing outside of myself. So somehow that gave me a key to her work, and then I sort of knew intuitively how to translate this book. Somehow that I couldn't really explain. Like I can't like say rationally. Oh yes, this book is about this. You know. I just sort of emotionally, kind of unconsciously knew how to connect with her work. And so that's how I started translating this book. And then, um, and I, I, I'm very fond of repetition, and I'm very fond of um, the rhythm that Kim Il-soon evokes in, uh, with the Korean language. And um, Korean, uh, we have many uh, reduplicates. Is that how you say it? duplicatives? I don't know. Anyway, Forrest used that word in San Francisco. Uh, so like, they're kind of words that we repeat. We, we double things. So she uses those. Uh, that's common in Korean. I mean, it's, it's not unusual. Um, so you, you can double up uh, adjectives and adverbs. But Kim Sun uses them very intentionally to, provo- uh, to evoke rhythm. In her um, in poems, so I try to do that in English. Um, so face a rhythm. Once again, I love long poems, and sometimes I can just sit down and do it, like in a matter of a day. Like you know, kind of it just sort of I do it, and then I go back and revise and revise. But so that's basically what happens. And then I forget about what I've done, and and the later when I come across uh, Kimerson's poems. Uh, uh, one of Kimerson's poems in English, I read it and it's like, wow, this is really good. And then, and then it's like, this is a really good poem. Not like you know, I'm not saying like it's a good translation, but really interesting poem. And then, then I realized, oh yeah, I guess I did translate it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, as an editor, I mean, it's uh, m- many of us here read poetry and translation, or translate, or write, and it's just so amazing when you have. A poet like King Hai Soon, and then, and then a translator like Don Mi converge to have to make this work. Um, it's really special, I think, um, to see that um, when the rhythm is so much a part of the meaning of the lines and, and things. But I just wanted to. There's just one. I mean, because you were talking about um, um, the meaning in her poetry and stuff. But there's at, at the end of the book. There's a, a an interview um, between. Um, on me and Kim Hee and, and there's this line that I, I keep, that I is always in my mind since I've been reading this, and it, it it almost could be like a epigraph to the book to me. But he, it, she says, "To write poetry is to witness the names that die inside poetry." So to write poetry is to witness the names that die inside poetry, and I don't even really, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but it, there's. There's something that's so sad and true about that and, and with this book. And we're, we're living in this, really, this age of loss, you know, an absence. Uh, and that's really kind of amping up as we go along. And so it's, it's, there's just something, like, because we hear about names and poetry in other ways, you know. Um, but not not like this and not like the times we're living now. So there's something that just really resonated with that in the whole book. Yeah.
2: And another way she says that is that we, a um, uh, structure of death, that we remain Living in, and of course we can, you know, um, understand that structure of death in many, many ways of many things that's going on um, here and globally and yeah.
3: Can I ask? I don't mean this to be a stupid question, but I was wondering if Kim Hyun can say, like, what is death? Because um, it, I feel like uh, it's such a central part of this cosmology and. Uh, I feel like normally you die and that's it, uh, you're dead, but I feel like death is more like a spectrum in, in your work where you have a relationship with death while alive and the, the other name for death is, is the other. It's like the non-self, you know, so yeah, the outside. So it's sort of like yourself can become externalized from your living self and body, uh, but the outside object is also Exterior to itself so it's dead. Also, so what is death? I don't know if this makes
1: sense. Oh, death is 시 poem. 시를 쓸 때는 나는 내가 하고 어떤 것이 되려는 어떤 그래서 죽음은 시이고 또 죽음은 사랑이에요. 내가 어, 네가 어, 그 어, 나는 니, 내, 나를 주려고 너한테 안달하는 게 사랑이잖아요. 내가 너를 주고 싶겠다고 막 야단하는 거예요. 그런 것이기 때문에 죽음은 그런 거죠. 그래서 어, 내가 내 밖으로 나가려고 하는 것 그런. She said,
2: death is poetry. Um, for example, if she were to write about uh, this chair, um, she's not going to write about that chair as a metaphor, but um, in a way that I want to become that chair. I do chair. I'm sorry. Um, I do chair um, because in order for her to become that chair, she has to go through that process of death. So that is the and and um, and it's about negation of oneself. I don't know how to quite fully translate that word in Korean. Puje could be absence of oneself. I think Uh, absence of oneself to become that to do death um, and she said that poetry is also like love um, because when you love you are desperately trying to give yourself to the other um, so that, that movement that um, the perpetual movement towards the other to the outside that's poetry
0: it's
3: beautiful question right here
0: Ladies and gentlemen, for those just joining us, this is a February 2019 interview with South Korean poet Ms. Kim Hyo Soon, her Korean American translator Ms. Dawn Choi, and Chinese American author and editor at New Directions Publishing, Mr. Jeffrey Yang. To listen to this entire interview, please visit readandsucceed.net.
6: Uh, 작가님이 한 그랬다고 하셨는데 하셨는데 제가 궁금한 거는 그런 죄책감이라는 게 이제 그러니까 죄책감을 가진 생존자를 위한 시인지 아니면 이렇게 억울하고 부당한 죽음을 당한 사람을 위한 시인지 아니면 그게 섞여 있는지가 궁금합니다. 음 um, so some part that really stood out to me was um um when she said that it was because of Oh like an unjust death or like um she felt like a survivor's guilt and so that's what we'll led her to write these poems. So my question is kind of asking if these poems are for like the guilt that survivors feel and for the survivors or if these poems are for the people who have suffered these deaths or if that's mixed.
1: Thank you. Uh, 감정에서 시작해요. 아까 감정에 대해서 질문했지만, 분노. 분노가 제일 심해. 분노 있을 때씨 제일 많이 써요. 여성으로서 당하는 분노, 또는, 어, 우리나라 사회가 우리한테 주는 분노, 그런 분노가 있을 때 씨를 쓰지만, 그 분노로부터 시작해서, 쓰기 시작하면 아까 말한 것처럼, 그런 것은 점점 사라지고 어떤, 다른 공간에 있게 돼요. 그, 그 시는 어떤 공간에 대한, 음, 어떤 공간을 형성하는 것이기도 하거든요. 그, 그 근데 이번 시는 그 공간의 스트럭처를 뇌스로 한 거죠. 예. 그 아까도 말했지만 세월호 이후에 그 흐릿한 건축을 뭐랄까 희미한 건축. 희미한 아키텍처를 어, 어, 짓는 그, 음, 재료, 그, 그, 건축의 재료들을 죽음으로 삼았던 거죠. 저, 제가 만났던 수많은 죽음들. 그러니까 여기, 어, 아까 수잔이 두, 두 번째 날 읽어달라고 했거든요. 근데 아직 아니, 우리, 아, 우리 안 읽었지만, 그두 번째 날은 우리가 여성이 어 매달 경험하는 어떤 죽음, 그런 우리 매일 그거 하잖아요. 월경하는 그 죽음을 포기 쓴 시예요. 그래서 제가 만났던 뭐 우리 가족의 죽음 또는 억울한 죽음들이 그 건축의 흐릿한 구조가 되었죠. 이번에 그래서. 어느 걸 썼는지 다 썼어요. 질문한, 알면서 질문한 거죠? 음, 음, 음. Um, she says that when she
2: writes poet, her her poems she really it it's, it begins uh, from uh, feelings but then mostly she really write begins to write from when she's in uh, enraged um, um and uh, um, to write as a woman in Korea, a lot of the things that women have to put up with. Um, so she's enraged uh, when she begins to write about all the things that's happening that women have to experience. Um, and then, then she kind of moves into kind of a different kind of space. And, um, and that, that sphere is, um, in that sphere she's constructing a kind of a new structure uh, which she calls faint architecture. So after she meets all the faces of death, um, she's creating that faint architecture. Um, and another example that she gave was Susan Banofsky uh, wanted us to read um, "Calendar," is is a poem about rabbit bunnies and um, and the, you know um, and that poem is about women's uh, menstrual cycle so that was a way of exploring how women um, experience death uh, monthly.
3: I was very intrigued with what um, she was saying earlier about uh, orality as like a vehicle for women's writing as opposed yes. to the, the literature yeah. being masculinist. Could mm-hmm. she talk more about that?
1: 한국은 mm-hmm. 역사를 갖고 있어요. 그런데, 어, 그 역사 동안에 계속 글을 써온 건 남자고 여자들은 말로 했거든요. 어, 그래서 우리나라에서 여성 문학이라는 게 생긴 거는 몇십 년안 돼요. 여자들이 문자로 자기 얘기를, 특히 자기 얘기를 쓰기 시작한 게. 그러니까 노래는 오랄로는 했지만 문자로는 안 했죠. 그래서 그, 어, 이 문, 과연 내가 시를 쓸때 이것이 마더 텅인가 늘 질문하게 돼요. 그래서 나만의 리듬, 나만의 언어 이렇게 쓰려고 굉장히 노력하고 애쓰고 또 언젠가 쓰시는 이게 남성의 언어가 아닌가 그게 너무 후회되고 이런 갈등 속에 있어요. 제 가들.
2: So uh, within the five thousand year history of Korea. Um, During the five thousand years, um, the Korean literature existed in written uh, language, but they all belong to men uh, because women have been kept outside that tradition. So women have women's uh, literary tradition only exists orally through songs. So it's only very recently that women began to uh, participate in the written. Um, literary uh, practice and they, it, so it's only recently that women start to write about themselves, so she's constantly questioning whether um, what she's writing she's, whether she's writing in um, like men or whether uh, she's questioning her mother tongue whether, um, and questioning trying to sort of invent her, um, innovate her own language her own tongue um, so she's always uh, doubting and in conflict about, you know, her own, what she's, what she, the language that she's generating. I,
3: I think there's a question over here.
7: First, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, I really, really enjoyed this reading. Um, so uh, my first question is, it seems that, and correct me if I'm wrong, writing is a therapy. It's a way of processing very deep emotion um, for you as a poet. And I'm wondering about a reaction as a reader or, more appropriately, as a listener, tracking my own emotions of anger, disgust, shock, um, confrontation. Um, So my question is, is there solace and hope for us as readers, for us as women with holes in our body, Or maybe the better question is, is there relief? Um, And the second question is that maybe one theory that I've been thinking about the past few minutes is that um, maybe the meta-awareness that you have as a poet is both a solace and an anti-solace, in that there's so much solitude in the poem. But meta-awareness lets us see ourselves, maybe as a companion, or maybe at a distance as just a brain in a test tube. Um, so, the final question is: Is that a kind of solace, or what is the function of the kind of really intense meta-awareness you have in your poetry?
1: Um, 시는, 어, 제가 제일 싫어하는 말이 시가 무엇을 치료한다는 말이에요. 시는 일종의 징후, 징후 증상. 그거 하, 영어로 뭐예요? 증상 symptom 증상 아니면 깁트예요 그러니까 증상이면서 기프트죠. 아프면서 선물이 이, 어, 있을 수 그러니까 이, 어, 두 가지 사이에 있어요. 그래서 어, 저는 시 시인이 어, 뭘 치료할지 이, 이, 제 시를 가지고 어, 전화가 왔어요. 너 시를 가지고 치료를 할 텐데 너이시 써도 되니? 한국에서 전화 왔어요. 그래서 제가 치료커녕 큰 병을 줄 테니 절대로 쓰지 마라. 그렇게 말한 적이 있어요. 그래서 어, 어떤 어, 어, 시는 어떤 징후가 나타남으로써 그 징후를 더 크게 보이게 함으로써 문제를 제기하는 그런 거라고 생각해요. 문, 거지,
2: she feels um, that poetry is not um, a form of treatment; rather, it um, raises questions. Um, that because it's something that uh, exists in between symptom and gift, so it, it exists within that, that in-between uh, space. Um, and so when she gets a call from her friend saying, can I use your poem for my therapy or treatment? She says, no, my poem is going to even make you even more sick. Um, so you know, so she really does not uh, like to see poetry as a form of uh, treatment. So poetry um, accentuates, um, emphasizes, um, exaggerates um, the problem but it does not give you answers. It raises questions instead.
3: Um, well, I think on that note, uh, I think uh, we should uh, all give a hand to Kim Hansen, Don, Lee and Jeffrey.
0: This is Read and Succeed. I'm Dave Campbell. That's it for episode 19 of Read and Succeed. Join us for episode 20, reviewing 2020 National Book Award winner for Translated Literature, on Station, by Japanese-Korean novelist Yu Miri. Asian-American literature till June. This is Read and Succeed. I'm Dave Campbell. Thanks for listening.